Hello and a very warm welcome. US President Joe Biden has been facing calls to provide more military support to NATO member countries in Eastern Europe. He's been meeting with leaders from nine countries on NATO's eastern flank, known as the Bucharest Nine Group. They've been discussing ways to continue sending military and humanitarian supplies to Ukraine for what could be a long and drawn-out war. Some of the Eastern European leaders also now see Russia as a direct threat to their own country's security. While addressing the leaders of the Bucharest Nine, President Biden reaffirmed America's commitment to NATO. A commitment of the United States to NATO, and I've said it to you many times, I'll say it again, is absolutely clear. Article 5 is a sacred commitment the United States has made. We will defend literally every inch of NATO, every inch of NATO. And uh, it's this is an important moment. I look forward to the discussion and the next steps we can take together and to keep our alliance strong and to further deter aggression. Well, let's talk to our correspondent, Sarah Rainsford, who is in Warsaw and following all the developments for us. Hi, Sarah. Well, the Bucharest Nine, not a grouping that many people may be all that familiar with. How significant is it that President Biden is addressing them today? I think it's pretty significant. I think, you know, it shows that this part of the world, this eastern side, this eastern edge of NATO, has gained far more significance since Russia began its invasion of Ukraine uh, a year ago now. Hard to believe, isn't it? It is just a year since that happened. But so much has changed. And the importance of this region is just one part of that. Uh, we've been on the, the border here in, in eastern Ukraine, and we've seen how the landscape has changed, how there's much more weaponry now on this border. We saw Patriot missile systems. US anti-aircraft missiles now in place defending the eastern edge of NATO because the fear is of those countries that now make up or that make up the Bucharest Nine uh, their fear is that the war in Ukraine could spill across the border and could escalate into something far more serious far more uh, wide-ranging and, and that's what they wanted to hear from President Biden today guarantees uh, from NATO from President Biden that if something happens on the border if Russian aggression expands then NATO will step in to protect every single one of its members. And that's why I think it was so important for countries like Poland to hear President Biden say today uh, that uh, defending NATO territory, every member, was a sacred thing. Yeah, most of those countries have warned of Russian aggression for years, haven't they? And many may well feel vindicated today. Um, but will those reassurances be enough, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone wanted to feel vindicated, did they? But certainly, I think uh, there is a sense that uh, many of these countries have been shouting loudly about Russian aggression and, and they've been dismissed as, uh, as perhaps hysterical, you know, too hung up on history. And yet, of course, we have seen Russian aggression, we are seeing it, and we're seeing the consequences in Ukraine every single day. I think, you know, in terms of the concrete results of this meeting, we haven't heard anything specific. And there is a little bit of frustration here in Poland from politicians and some people that they're not hearing more, that they're not hearing, for example, that uh, the United States is prepared to send fighter jets to Ukraine, F-16s. There were some billboards here uh, on the streets in Warsaw when Joe Biden arrived yesterday calling on him to do just that. And that's not a commitment that the United States has made uh, yet, if it is prepared to do that at all. So the concrete uh, stuff is, is not coming out just yet, but certainly the rhetoric, the general mood music is strong, that uh, this part of NATO, the whole of NATO and the United States included, uh, will continue in its unwavering support for Ukraine. That's the message that Joe Biden brought here and, of course, to Kiev, which he also visited.
Okay, Sarah in Warsaw, thank you. Well, I'm joined now by Anthony King, who is a professor of war studies at the University of Warwick. Welcome to you, Professor. What does Joe Biden's Hello. visit say about the importance of this group of countries and their vulnerabilities? Well, it says they are vitally important. I mean, one of the interesting developments in NATO over the last 20 years, over 25 years since the end of the Cold War, is that it's become a very complicated uh, large organisation with the, with the expansion uh, to the east. And therefore, uh, the US has tended to use the NATO as a kind of framework. I mean, it's still an absolutely valid politico-military alliance, but they've tended to use it as a framework to build up coalitions of the willing to form bilateral relationships and trilateral relationships with individual countries. And I think this Bucharest 9 group should be seen as part of that. One of the key um, US relationships in that area is with Poland. They, Poland have developed a very close uh, military uh, relationship with US. And, and I think that the uh, US is seeking to affirm uh, and consolidate those that bilateral relationship with Poland and those uh, neighbouring countries. And of course, neighbouring at the border of um, uh, Russia, they are rightly to judge themselves at the most risk of any further conventional, God forbid, um, very unlikely nuclear escalation. Yeah, it's Joe Biden's second visit to Warsaw in a year, isn't it? He described the relationship between the two countries as critical. But looking at the war one year on, where do you see the state of it? And where ultimately do you think it's going to go over the next few months? Well, well, I'm afraid to say I, I, I look rather pessimistically on it. And that's why I think this meeting uh, is very important, because I think shoring up the support uh, of those exposed NATO countries is very important, because I think the war is going to go on for a long time. Um, I think the Ukrainians, as they've announced, have to try and uh, make another counteroffensive in this spring. Uh, the Russians are going to resist that very strongly. I think the war will go on uh, for, for a significant number of months. I would say, you know, my estimate would be they'll try, they'll fight the whole of this year. They'll probably fight the whole of next year as well. And, and you're looking at the end of next year or, or 2024 before either the Ukrainians are successful or both sides decide they just can't tolerate any more fighting. But, uh, you know, therefore, this meeting is important because it's a long process uh, and it's going to be a bitter process, uh, this war. Uh, Professor, we heard yesterday from President Putin and our correspondent saying he's certainly not looking for an off-ramp. If anything, there could be an escalation. If that does come, where do you see it coming? Well, I mean, I, I, the, obviously, he was the, the, the news that has got the most attention is in terms of his withdrawal from the START agreement. And that, that is really politically significant. I, I still maintain, uh, like many commentators, that uh, a nuclear escalation is highly, highly unlikely. I think the escalation over this year will be more civilian bombardments of um, uh, Ukrainian cities to try and uh, uh, destroy uh, Ukrainian morale. I think that will increase quite considerably. I think the military efforts that we started to see ramp up over the last month uh, in eastern Ukraine will continue. I think it's possible some kind of... Um, leveraging. I mean, there's been a couple of cyber attacks on the West already. Was the Nord Stream 2 pipeline blown up by the Russians? Who knows? But I, I think some kind of leveraging, uh, you know, so proliferation and, uh, and escalation in the conventional and then cyberspace and that sort of odd sabotage area. Okay. I think that's the most likely. Uh, and I would have thought Putin would commit himself to that. There's nothing that stopped him before. Professor Anthony King, thank you for your analysis and thoughts. Thank, thank you. you.